Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Praise God. All right, let's go to John, the book of John. And we're going to go to John chapter number 10. And we're in a new series called Hear His Voice. And we're talking about hearing the voice of the shepherd and the voice of strangers. Now, last week, and I did send out a flock note kind of giving an overview of, of last week. Um, if, you don't, if you haven't signed up for a flock note, you can, and that will uh, keep you in touch. Usually, I send out an email once a week, usually Wednesday or Thursday, one, one, or one of the two days, um, which is an email. Um, out to uh, the church just kind of reviewing what I went over before to try and keep us on the same page, that same place of unity um, that Dale's talking about, that the Spirit of God is dealing, um, was dealing with him about. And I'll just say this, there are at least two or three other prophetic words that have come forth that are almost identical, that just the, the illustration of what it is is a little bit different. And so unity is so key and uh, we hit on it a lot around here. We hit on the importance of love a lot, walking in love. And it's not just important, though, for this group and what God's doing in Billings and the church in general. It's important for your individual life. Do you know if you're married and you're not in unity with your spouse, it affects your kids? The Bible actually says that your prayers will be hindered if you and your spouse aren't on the same page. So so you don't wanna open the door to the enemy in any of these areas. Um, I've found the longer that I've walked with the Lord that my opinion's really not that big of a deal. (laughs) I've also found that the Lord doesn't care as much about what I think as I do. I haven't even saved a few weeks, and you know that. This is like, the Lord's like, he's like, you know, Sean, I'm not changing my mind on this. I'm like, okay, we'll just do it with you, the direction you want to go, you know? And it's not because he's egotistical, it's because he's right. How many think in a battle of the wits, me versus God, who's going to win? How many like the far side? I mean, that dude, he's a little awesomely twisted. (laughs) I think he might be an atheist. I don't know. I don't know what he is. But there was this old far side. I like the far side so much, I used to ask for it for my birthday, the cartoons, because I just wanted to laugh. I loved laughing. I still do. And uh, it's medicine to me. But... There's this old far side, uh, and the joke is, uh, uh, what's the name of that show, Alex Trebek? Jeopardy. And it shows like Bob, Tom, Peter, and God. How many have seen the set of Jeopardy, and you got the people, right, and how much money they've won and all that, and it's God like 700,000 and all the rest are zero. That's literally how it is. So God knows better. So we want to hear from him. Now, this is the part that we run into where there's conflict. God will tell us to do unreasonable things to the natural. When God speaks to you and you hear from him, 
it should cause you to go, that had to be God because there's no way I would do that. Okay? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to share this testimony. But just make sure that you pray about these things. There's a testimony that's gone around, and it's a true testimony. And I think it was a few years back. There was a young lady who was really wanting to hear from God. And she, uh, she was like, Lord, I'm sorry that I've disobeyed your voice in the past and what you've told me to do. I really want to do what you want me to do. And she said, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. And the Lord said to her, she was driving by a 7-Eleven. And the Lord said to her, drive in and park at that 7-Eleven and go inside and stand on your head. And of course, I mean, she questioned that. (laughs) But she did it. And somebody came up to her crying And they had just prayed, Lord, if you're real, have somebody come in here and stand on their head. Now, that's unique. (laughs) All right? So if you do that and it's not right, you did not come to Faith Family Church and hear that. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) You know what I mean by that. (laughs) In other words, that's pretty unique. Most of the time, that's not what the Lord says, right? There are other things that he'll tell us to do. But in this case, that young lady legitimately heard from the Lord because somebody was brought to the kingdom out of it. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. There's no way on God's green earth I could stand on my head, you know. And the Lord's not going to ask you to do that, (laughs) right? So that's a unique situation, but she did hear from the Lord. And so in the series that we're in, we're talking about hear his voice. And one of the main, one of the main directions I'm going to go with this is not focusing on God's voice as much as the stranger's voice. Because what I've found is, is that as a believer, I have, it's not that I don't know God's voice, it's that I've I've made a decision to allow circumstances and and the voices of other things to affect me and my decisions more than I should have. Because I didn't, part of it was because I didn't recognize the enemy speaking in the situation. Now, following the Lord and following his leading is going to become more and more vital as time goes. It's going to become vital because, and I'm not going to get political, I'm just going to get biblical. (laughs) When you open borders and allow 8 million people to come in, which is two and a half or three times the population of Nebraska, potential for problems when the systems of law within our nation are not followed, and the people in positions are corrupted, the, the, the availability for the enemy to operate in any given area heightens, multiplied. And so being led by the Holy Spirit is important. Being, not being too busy. 
Do you know being too busy is a trap of the enemy? In fact, I listened to a minister years ago and he said, he said, don't say you're too busy. And the point was, you need to change the way you speak because you need to change the way you live. All right. How many have ever heard this statement? And I'm going to use it as an illustration. You know, you, you talk to a parent or, and, they're, and there's young kids and the kids are going, ah, they're being kids, right? How many know you can't put an adult head on a kid, right? They're just kids. They're being kids, right? And people, we, we heard this a lot when our kids were younger. These kids are driving me crazy. And my response was always, don't let them drive. Right? Who's the parent? I had a, a bus driver when I was a youth pastor, Wayne Temple, awesome man. He was a, a former retired military, Navy, very just, he was a great guy. And uh, he was also a school bus driver. And he, this was his statement to me. These, the kids that he drove were unruly, a lot of them. And so he would look at the kids sometimes and say, I ought to spank your parents. <laughs> Come on, that's high IQ right there. You know where the problem is. <laughs> okay? I'm going to help you parents. You're bigger than your kids if they're still young. All right? Now, if they're past that stage, well, you got more praying to do and some other stuff to do, all right? There's other ways. But the point is, what is, what was, what is the parent doing in that situation? They're allowing a circumstantial voice to dictate how they're doing things. So the, there are things going on at every level, and the spirit of Antichrist is operating and he's working in a principle that is common in phraseology now called crisis fatigue. He's trying to get the body of Christ into a place of chaos and following things that they shouldn't so that the place of intimacy is abandoned. Therefore, the byproduct of intimacy is fruitfulness, is reduced. Or in other words, I'll put it to you like this. He wants the body of Christ to sleep, and we are not called to sleep. You know, you know the church is not sleeping beauty? It's supposed to be alive, moving, and operative beauty. We're not to be asleep at the wheel. So hearing the Lord's voice is vital. Because how many realize this? His promises are not conditional to your circumstances. Your circumstances, if you're walking in fellowship with the Lord, your circumstances are subject to his authority in your life and his graces that have been given to you. So when the world goes into drought, you don't have to. As a believer. There is always a way out with the Lord. Amen. So John chapter 10, let's look at a few verses here. John chapter 10. 
And I'm going to, before I read, I'm going to be reading, if you want to jot these in your notes, verse 1 through 6, John 10, verse 1 through 6, and then John 27, uh, 10, 27 through 29. And that's what we're going to pull our points out for today from. But I want to share this story with you first concerning John chapter 10 to give you some context of thought about what is being shared. Years ago on the Mount of Olives, just east of Jerusalem, a recent visitor to Israel enjoyed the early morning, uh, enjoyed early morning sitting on the veranda of a hotel. He was amazed as he watched shepherd boys with their flocks coming from various parts of the city to meet in an open field just below the hotel. Together they started out over the hills to the east, searching for pasture for the day. So they went out and they pastured their sheep. They let them eat. In the evening, this same group of sheep returned to the same field near the hotel. As this person watched, the shepherds left their bunched flocks and took up positions around but away from the flocks. So the whole sheep All the group of sheep were in the middle, and the shepherds all stepped out away from the sheep around in a circle, around those, uh, that, that group or that flock of sheep together. Suddenly, one by one, the shepherds started calling their flocks. The sheep responded by running to their shepherds. Each then went home for the night. In other words, the sheep knew what? The shepherd's voice. So, even though one sheep might belong to one shepherd and another sheep to another shepherd, depending on who called, the sheep would ignore one voice and listen for their voice. And this is what John chapter 10 in these verses is about. So, let's look at uh, John chapter 10 verse Number one, and I should get there in my own Bible. That would be good. You should say this with me. I am going to get revelation today for my life. Amen. So most assuredly, verse one, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the way, uh, some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse three, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse four, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 6, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. All right, let's skip over now to verse number 27, same chapter. And I'm going to start in verse actually 26 says this, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. So what's the reverse of that, verse 26? How do you become his sheep? 
you believe, right? But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. <laughs> They're choosing not to believe. But if you want to become his sheep, what do you do? You believe, right? Verse 27, my sheep, what? Hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Verse 28, and I, will, and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. All right, let's go back in your notes, if you're taking notes, to verse number three and we'll begin there. John chapter 10, verse number three is where we're gonna start. We're gonna comment there and then we'll move to verse four. But I'm gonna read verse three and four together. It says this, to him, the doorkeeper, and the doorkeeper is Jesus, just so you know, opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse four says this, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Here's what it says in the Amplified. The watchman opens the door for this man and the sheep listen to his voice and heed it. And he calls his own sheep by name and brings or leads them out. When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So what do we see concerning the voice of the shepherd in, this, in these verses? What do we see concerning the voice of the shepherd in these verses? The first thing we see is that uh, we know the voice of the shepherd. The voice is the one, what is the voice of the shepherd? The voice is the one who bears witness with our spirit that we are born again. Let's turn to Romans chapter eight real quick. You're, you're learning right now what the voice of the shepherd sounds like in your life. I mean, I'm giving you characteristics of what the voice of the shepherd sounds like so you know his voice. Uh, Romans chapter eight, verse number 15. says this, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage. How many know that uh, the shepherd's voice is not a voice of bondage? Again, to fear. How many know it's not a fear voice? It doesn't have a bunch of fear in it, all right? But you have received the spirit of adoption. Oh, glory to God. I could get happy about that. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, this is the main one I want you to see. The Spirit himself does what? Bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. When you hear the Father's voice, it has this temperament with it. It bears witness with your heart. When you were born again, when you, if you gave your heart to Jesus, or when you gave your heart to Jesus, why did you do that? Because you heard the Holy Spirit say, hey, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Receive him, and you'll be born again. And when you received Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit spoke to your spirit and said, you're in, you're a child of God. That's the shepherd's voice. Amen? So the shepherd's voice sounds just like Romans 8.16. Now, bears witness. What does that mean? It's like a co-witness. In other words, you know you're born again, and then the Holy Spirit comes along and says, yes, you are, you beautiful thing. That's what he does. 
He doesn't go, I'm sorry, for all the men. Yes, you are, you manly, greasy, grubby thing, you. <laughs> you deer killer. <laughs> you whatever. Whatever's manly, I don't know. All that stuff. In other words, what does the Holy Spirit do? He does not... He does not leave you in question. Come on, listen to me. The voice of the Father does not leave you in question about your destination when you leave this place. He does not leave you in question about whether you are a child of his or not. That's a stranger voice. And we know about stranger danger. Right? The Lord's voice is distinct from all other voices in the earth. The Lord's voice causes our spiritual ears to perk up. The Lord's voice resonates within us just as it did when we were born again. So, second part of, of John chapter 10 verse 3, it says this, it says the sheep hear his voice. So what does the Lord say to us? Notice here, he calls us by our name. When I hear the shepherd's voice, he doesn't go, hey you. He doesn't say, what's your nose? Get over here. He says, Josh, this is what I want you to do. Or Josh, I love you. Say this with me. Say, he, he calls, me by name. calls me by name. Tom, raise your hand. Raise your hand, Tom, where you're at. This is Tom right here. And uh, we're all, he's your brother in the Lord. He said to me the other day, this was two corporate prayers ago on a Tuesday. He said, uh, he was asking the Lord to speak to him because he wanted to know his voice. And this was before I even went into all of this. I had been studying it, but I hadn't shared any of it. And he said to me, the Lord spoke to him and said, hi, Tom. <laughs> and when I read this in verse 3, I went, he heard from the Holy Ghost. He called him by name. He knows your name. Oh, we're going to get into, I'm so excited. Uh, I know things you don't know. I'm so excited. All right. Why is this important? Why is it important that he knows my name? It is important because it tells us that the Lord is not some distant deity that does not care. He cares for us in our individual detailed needs. I love that. I, I'm not out. You know, I'm not like, God's not looking down going, where is Sean? It's not the well, Where's Waldo book. <laughs> he knows right where I'm at. He knows right where you're at. He is so intricate. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Listen, I love my family, but I have no idea how many hairs are on their head. None. I have no clue. God, though, oh, I can feel faith rising. You're like, he cares that much? Yes. And even more than you realize, even more than I realize. Amen? 
So it's important. Why is this important? Because it shows he cares about us. As children of God, we recognize our father's voice just like we recognize our father's voice in the natural. The next phrase in this scripture is significant as as well. It says he brings us out or leads out his own sheep. We live in a fallen world where we are commanded to live sober and vigilant because of our enemy. The Lord's voice must be distinct in our hearts and it should be in front of us. Do you see the distinction there? He leads, he leads, he leads, he leads, he leads us out. It should be in front of us. We are vulnerable outside the sheepfold. Being able to hear the Lord's voice quickly and clearly is important. His presence and his guidance become more necessary. He provides assurance of his care and protection. So what does the shepherd's voice sound like? We see three things there in verse three of what it sounds like. He leads us out. We know his voice just like the spirit of God bore witness with us when we were born again. He takes care of us. He knows us so well. He knows our name. And then he goes before us. He doesn't doesn't ask us, and we're going to look at this. He doesn't ask us to go out into a place that he wasn't at first. Glory to God. Which means I'm never alone. I have a GPS. A God positioning system. <laughs> verse four. Let's look at verse four. He brings us. Out, he brings out his own sheep. He goes before us. They say he, he, there. He says it again, and we know his voice. All reassuring things. So what do we see here? We see again the phrase that in, this phrase that instills faith. The scripture here says that he brings out his own sheep. Why is that significant? Significant. This phrase stresses the bond between the shepherd and his sheep. We all face hazards in life, but the presence of the shepherd is an assurance of guaranteed welfare. The presence of the shepherd is an assurance of guaranteed welfare. Knowing the shepherd's character increases our faith in his voice or in his direction of our lives. How do you get to know someone's voice? How do you, I know my wife's voice. My kids sometimes used to, they don't do it as much anymore, try to act like they're her on the phone or have. Uh-uh, I know. I know which one is which. Amen. Why? I've been around her longer. Fellowship increases clarity in the shepherd's voice. (laughs) Amen. So just hang out with Jesus. Hang out, hang out, hang out, hang out, hang out. Fellowship. How do you do that, Sean? You know, well, let me just put it this way. I don't levitate in my prayer closet. (laughs) I don't glow in the dark in my prayer closet. People are always looking for something external. It's an internal thing. He lives in me, so I talk to him when I'm in the car. I talk to him when I'm on a walk. I talk to him when I'm riding my bike. I talk to him when I'm doing construction work. I talk to him when I have to paint something. I talk to him while I'm doing sermons. All day long, we're in communication, and guess what? I know his voice greater today than I ever have. And I'm not religiously stuffy. I wasn't baptized in lemon juice. I haven't gotten crankier the longer I've been a Christian. 
I'm not like, oh, you're just, people actually told me this when I got saved. Oh, you're just full of zeal because you just got saved. You'll calm down. Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Mature, yes. Calm down, no. I'm just as on fire for, more on fire for Jesus than I've ever been. Amen. I'm done with crusty religion. All right. (laughs) That was a good point. All right, so. (laughs) Middle East shepherds do not drive their sheep. So I know we're from Montana, but God does not cattle drive you. (laughs) Okay? That's not the illustration he gave. It's not what he said I'm like. He said I'm like a Middle Eastern shepherd. I lead by my voice. I'm not going to bullwhip you into the wherever you need to go. That's not how he works. He leads. People will pray prayers that God can't answer. Lord, make me do this. He can't. He won't. It's a violation of his character. He won't do it. God is not going to come down and make you love your family. He'll empower you to do what he's provided, but he's going to let you choose. I had an atheist fight with me one time, more than once. I've had this, which I don't mind. I, like, I mean, not fight like fist fight, but we were, we, he was, it was great for me because he was not, he was well thought out, like he had thought out his points. The problem is you can't outthink the Holy Spirit. And I was trying to get him to see that. Because he was technically, in a sense of what we might think, smarter than me. Like more education, all of those type of things. Very disciplined human. It's not like he wasn't disciplined. He was. And uh, we were talking one time, and he was telling me, uh, he had been married, had gotten married recently, and he was telling me, he said, well, if God really loved me, he wouldn't do this, and he wouldn't do that, and he would make me do this. And, make, and I said, that's not love. And he said, what do you mean? I said, do you want your wife to love you because she has to or because she wants to? Hello. (laughs) My wife has to love me? Well, that's kind of not the best. (laughs) But if she wants to, that's a little bit better. I should say a lot bit better. So God's the same way. He, he doesn't drive us. All right, I got to get through these. They lead them. So Middle Eastern shepherds don't drive their sheep. They lead them. They go before them. The shepherd asks, uh, asks not that his sheep go anywhere he himself has not gone. Isn't that good? In other words, people say, oh, the Lord's asking me to do this. I don't know. He's already been there. He already knows. Just go. And they trust him because they know his voice, the sheep. Disciples like sheep. No, i sorry. I skipped my points. I'm off. It actually fit pretty good there, but I got ahead of myself. He is the pathfinder, Jesus, the forerunner, and the guardian of the way. Jesus is the pathfinder, the forerunner, and the guardian of the way. The shepherd's got you if you'll follow him. All right. In the natural, for the sheep to follow the shepherd. 
or I'm sorry, it is natural for the sheep to follow the shepherd. They have learned to know his voice and his watchfulness in their behalf. They trust him with their lives and they trust him because they know his voice. Disciples like sheep have learned to know the voice of the good shepherd. The message in John chapter 10, verse three and four says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate to him and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse four says, when he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. I like that. They are familiar with his voice. All right, let's wrap up here this morning in verse number, uh, I, I, I had high hopes of getting to other verses, but those that have been around a while know that doesn't ever happen. So verse five, let's wrap up with verse five. Yet, verse five says this, John 10, five says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Do you know you're hurting yourself by listening to stranger voices more than the shepherd's voice? Because that, sh- that stranger voice will become familiar to you. You don't, wanna, you don't want the stranger voice. Remember, stranger danger. That's what they used to tell me in grade school. It works in the spirit world. Sheep may pick up their ears when they hear a strange voice calling. After repeated calls, they will flee in fright. They follow only their own shepherd. Just as sheep have not proven the worthiness of the stranger's voice, the Christian is taught to prove all things. Many voices repeatedly call for attention, but the one who acts as a sheep is wise for he listens only to the voice of his shepherd. People say, how do, you know I f- how do I know if I followed a stranger voice? What was the result of following it? Was it greater intimacy with the shepherd or was it a 1 John 1, 9 situation? You say, what's 1 John 1, 9? Confess your sins. <laughs> He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. How many of you know the Lord does not lead you into something that's going to hurt you? So what was the result? What was the outcome of what you followed? Now people say, that's too easy. It is super spiritual. And if you do it, you'll think to yourself, why didn't I do this before? Follow his voice. Well, I'm not sure. I think I'm supposed to do this and I think I'm supposed to do that. Don't do anything yet. Hear from him. Well, what I, you know, I've been praying for two weeks. Then you're not done if you don't know that you heard. Well, I met this, I met this person and we're in love. We're going to get married tomorrow. Slow down. Rains. Well, I know the Lord spoke to me. Good. Then he'll say the same thing six months from now. 
Boy, that was good preaching, Sean. You should, you should say that again. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a burning ring of fire. I get it. My Johnny Cash reference, you know, you know. I like it. All right, so strangers are defined as anyone who does not belong in the environment in which they are found. <laughs> it is an individual that one is not acquainted with. That's a stranger. I know that's simplistic, but it, it's that simple. If you hear something, like you have a thought come to your head and you're like, ah, stranger voice. Brother Hagen used to say it to us like this. It's like taking a bath with your socks on. Something ain't right. <laughs> now, if that doesn't resonate with you, tonight you have an assignment. Just go home, take a bath or shower and put, leave your socks on. And the Lord will say, see, that's not right. If something comes up to you and it's an opportunity or an answer, you think to something that you're seeking God about, but you're just like, I don't know. Hello, red flag, slow down, find your answer. Come on, businessmen. Come on, people that like to invest money. Slow down. How many opportunities are there? And I'm not just talking about in the world. I'm talking about in the church. Slow down. Well, if I, don't, if I miss this opportunity, there'll be another one. You know, like people are like, this is the latest model of my favorite vehicle. Guess what's coming out next year? <laughs> How many have ever had the stranger voice of new car talk to them? <laughs> I'm over here. Just look. <laughs> Remember, people say, well, I'm going to miss it. Listen, you want God, God knows where you're at. He knows what you need. Hear his voice. This is how I like to say it. it when you hear a stranger voice, something's just not right. How many have ever been in a situation, it's difficult, and somebody tells you something and you're like, nah. Some people call it street wise, they call it street smarts, whatever it is. But you just have this like, no, something's not right. I'm not getting told the whole story here. Stranger voice. Stranger voices violate the word of God and do not carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. We are going to see later in this message all the different ways that the stranger voice tries to manifest itself. And I'm going to help you with something, even though we won't uh, probably get to it. Hopefully, we'll get to it next week. Let's all believe together. <laughs> um, uh, 
stranger voices come through, and, and what we're going to look at is, is that stranger voices are not always a demonic voice. Sometimes it's just family opinion. I'm going to prove it to you scripturally. Sometimes it's another minister. And they're not in sin. It's just something else. Sometimes stranger voices are good ideas, but not God ideas. I'm going to prove it. If you start reading the book of Acts, you'll see it and the Gospels. The enemy is constantly working, trying to get us as the church off track. Because, see, the devil knows he messed up. He knows he messed up. Joy, you can come if you want. Actually, if you don't want, that'd be bad because I really need you to. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, the enemy knew he made a mistake when he crucified Jesus. He didn't know it before, which is really strange, but he is that dumb. He's crafty, but he's, he's, he doesn't got a lot of, you know what I mean? I mean, anybody that would choose to go into the ring with God is not wise. Right? I mean, it's just not a good idea. But he knew after the day, after the Lord raised from the dead, I'm in big trouble. I thought I got rid of Jesus and now I've multiplied the family. So if he wants to hinder you and I, he's got to come up with something that is no new tactic, it's just the same one multiplied that started in the garden. He has to add a counter voice, a stranger voice. If he wants, see, he doesn't have more power than the church. He's just got to get the church off track. And then he can continue to advance his agenda and hinder God's. So we have to choose to hear him. Amen? How many know spiritual maturity require, requires personal responsibility? So I own me, do you own you? We're responsible to bring this vessel under the control of resurrection graces or the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you can do it with God's help. So fellowship with him, amen? And you won't miss what God has for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give anybody an opportunity in here to receive Jesus that hasn't limited movement as possible because I don't want to distract from the eternity of others. If you're watching online, and you've never received Jesus, we want you to receive Jesus today. We're praying for you. And you can respond to this call as well by just putting up a, 
uh, or writing yes in the comments that you received Jesus or a little hand emoji that you received Jesus and we'll be in contact with you. But I want to share this, that uh, what the Bible says about eternity and being born again, receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says this, the Bible actually teaches that God's not mad at us. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We know from scripture that all people have sinned, and sin really is what causes separation from God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, or fallen short of the standard of God, and God knew that. That's why Jesus came, to fulfill the standard on our behalf. We know that heaven is a free gift, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. We know that God wanted us back into relationship with him and to such a degree that he demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still his enemies, still sinners, Christ died for us. He paid the penalty for our sin if we'll receive the payment in faith. We receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart you believe unto righteousness or right standing with God. And with your mouth you speak or confess and that confession is made unto salvation. You can place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life right now. If you would like to receive Jesus, I would like you to raise your hand so that I can pray with you where you're at. And I'll just take a second here. I don't care if it's you've never received Christ or you need to give your life back to him because you know. I want you uh, to raise your hand so we can pray with you and minister to you. <coughs> yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Want to join these? Michael, is there anybody online? Okay, thank you. Okay, let's pray together with these if you'll repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you that your son Jesus came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so that I could receive forgiveness become your child and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now and repent of my sin. I not only receive the gift of forgiveness, but I give you all of my life, all of my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. You also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, making me your child, and helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Welcome to the family. Or re-welcome if that's the case.
Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.